Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and my name is Anna, and you're listening to the Culips English Podcast. This is Chatterbox, the Culips series for intermediate and advanced English learners that features natural, unedited conversations between native speakers about an interesting topic. And today, I'm joined by my co-host Anna. Hello there, Anna. Hi, Andrew. How are you? I am fantastic. How about you? I'm all good. Looking forward to talking about our topic today. Yes, absolutely. Today, we're going to be talking about reading. Specifically, we're going to discuss some of the differences between reading with a screen, so like reading on a computer or a phone, for example, versus reading on paper, like printed books and magazines. Yes, exactly. I think this is a really interesting question. Like, which kind of reading source is better, digital or printed? And I think there will be a ton for us to talk about. But Anna, before we get to our conversation, we should remind our listeners about the study guide for this episode. It comes with a transcript, detailed vocabulary definitions and examples, a quiz. And even prompts that you guys can use when you are practicing speaking or writing. And we strongly recommend following along with the guide while you listen to this episode with us today. So to get the study guide, you just need to become a Culips member, and you can find out all the details and sign up to become a member on our website, Culips.com. We'd also like to give a shout out to Willow Tree, a Culip sister from California, that left us a five star rating and a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Willow Tree wrote, "I have been listening to your podcast for a month every day now, and it is a wonderful channel for improving my listening skills and also for helping me to connect to the world in English. I live in California, and it's great to hear the customs about Canada, Korea, UK, and Spain." Thank you for all your wonderful work. Wow! Thank you for your support, Willow Tree. Gotta say, I love that username, and thank you also for listening and learning English with us. And thanks to all of you out there who have been leaving us reviews and subscribing to Coolips on your favorite podcast app, or telling your friends to check out Coolips. This helps other English learners around the world connect and learn with us. So please keep it up. So everyone, we're gonna try something new with this episode, and we're gonna begin today's conversation with a breakdown and summary about this issue at hand. That is reading digital versus reading printed sources. And then once we've listened to the summary and we're all up to speed, Anna and I will chat about some of the thoughts and feelings we have about each of these different styles of reading. Perfect. Well, that definitely sounds like a great plan to me, Andrew. So let's kick off then by listening to a bit of a summary of this issue. I'll pass over to you, Andrew. Have you ever tried to read an online article and not been able to make it to the end? Maybe you were distracted by ads on the web page, by an email notification bouncing on the screen. Or even by links in the article itself that led you down a rabbit hole and prevented you from completing the original article. If you've had this experience, you're not alone. Many of us are skimming, skipping, or speed reading through digital text these days. 
Even though reading on computers, tablets, phones, and e-readers is extremely convenient, is it really the best way for us to consume information? That's a question that writer Avery Elizabeth Hurt asked in her article called, Will You Learn Better From Reading on a Screen or Paper? Hurt summarizes some of the research that has tried to answer this question and the results may surprise you. Although many of us believe that reading is reading no matter where it's done, either on paper or on a screen, research into this subject suggests otherwise. For example, Patricia Alexander, a psychologist at the University of Maryland in College Park, who studies how people learn, found that there are big differences between reading on a screen and reading on a printed page. In her research, Alexander found that students who read an online text digitally believed that they learned a lot from that reading, but when they were compared against students who read the same text in print, it turns out that they actually learned less. So the digital readers were more confident, but actually performed more poorly. As more and more people abandon reading printed newspapers and print copies of books and turn solely to reading with their smartphones, computers, and tablets, and as more schools around the world switch from paper to digital textbooks, it's important to understand why digital reading is less effective than reading on the printed page. So what's going on exactly? I'm a linguist by training. And for more than three decades, I've been thinking about how technology affects the way we speak, read, write, and think. That's Dr. Naomi Barron. She's a professor at American University in Washington, D.C., and she's done a lot of thinking and writing about the digital versus print issue. She said that reading in print is usually more successful than reading digitally and argues that there are two reasons why this is. The first has to do with the physical properties of paper and how we interact with it as readers. And the second has to do with the reader's mindset and the mental demands of reading a printed source versus reading a digital source. We tend to use a social media style mindset when we read digital text. So think about reading a Facebook um, update or reading an Instagram post. You don't spend a whole lot of mental energy uh, on it. If you then take that same mindset that you don't have to spend much energy and apply it to things you're reading digitally, which maybe are serious stuff, but they're digital, right? Just like that Facebook update, you tend not to read it as carefully. What Dr. Barron just explained is what some researchers call the shallowing hypothesis. The main idea here is that social media is affecting how we read. We're getting so used to flicking through mindless social media posts and skimming through headlines of articles on online communities that we apply these same reading techniques to all forms of online reading. And as a result, our reading comprehension of all digital texts, even important ones, is poorer. Now on the surface, the case for digital reading seems pretty bad, but perhaps it's not as bleak as it looks. There's a lot that digital text can bring to the table, and we shouldn't be so quick to ignore them. 
For example, digital readers like tablets and e-readers allow us to change the size and the font of the text and to have the text read to us through text-to-speech technology. They also allow for an interactive reading experience with embedded content like dictionaries, quizzes, maps, or links. Regardless if you're reading from a digital or a printed source, many experts agree that at the end of the day, one of the best ways that you can improve your understanding of a text is to slow down and interact with the words on the page. Make notes. Summarize. Create a list of keywords and ask questions. All right, Anna, so we're ready now for us to start our conversation about this topic. And I guess maybe I'll just begin by asking you a pretty simple question. And that is just, Anna, are you much of a reader? Are you a big reader? Well, Andrew, it's a really good question. And I have to say that I go through phases. I'm very much this type of person. I tend to become obsessed with things and then I leave them to one side. So this is the same with reading. I tend to read a lot more when I have downtime. So in summer and at Christmas, those always tend to be times when I read a lot. But I have to say that I do prefer to read an actual book. Okay. I love my Kindle. I love my Kindle. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to betray my Kindle. But I do think that reading a book, a real book, it's like an experience. So I... I much prefer that, but I do acknowledge that having a Kindle or any type of like electronic reading device is super handy. Do you have any type of device like that, Andrew, that you use to read? I also have a Kindle. And for some of our listeners who maybe don't know what that is, because I know here in South Korea where I live, mm -hmm. Amazon's not really a thing. They don't have a presence in Korea. So there are no Kindles in Korea. So everyone, a Kindle <laughs> is just a brand of e-reader that is made by Amazon. And I actually have a Kindle as well, Anna. And I love it. It's very convenient. It's very easy to find books as well, because I, I do live in South Korea where you know, it's really easy to find Korean books, but a little bit harder to find all of the English books that I want. But that problem is totally solved by having a Kindle because I can always find ebooks of things that I want to read. So it is super convenient in that way. But I, I have to say that I'm totally the same as you. Uh, unfortunately, as much as I would love to be just somebody who reads books all the time, it is one of those things for me that does really depend on my schedule. And if I have availability and free time in my schedule, then I love to spend time reading books. But when I get busy and I'm stressed out, unfortunately, it's one of the first things that gets cut out and goes by the wayside. Mm. As much as I do love reading paper books, and I have to be honest, I do love reading paper books, but I don't think I've read a paper book for a long time. It's probably been several years since I've read a paper book. Almost all of the reading that I do these days is digital. I do sometimes find my Kindle that when I'm reading the text, I don't know if you ever have this moment, but I have it more when I'm reading digital books or my e-reader and I'll be looking at the page and then I'll be like, oh, 
I didn't actually read anything. I haven't read anything for like the past two minutes. I don't know what my eyes are doing, but they're just like moving and looking at the words, but I don't digest anything. I mean, it happens also with paper text as well, but I maybe a little bit more so with my, with my Kindle. And I have a really bad habit of with the Kindle, like uh, the e-reader buying new books, even though I haven't finished the other books, which is a really dangerous habit to get into. You've got to try and finish the book before you buy another book. What about you, Andrew? Have you ever found that where you find it difficult to read digital text or take it in or digest it? Yeah, I can totally relate, Anna, because there's been many, many times in my life where I'm reading something and I catch myself uh, after like two or three minutes and be like, well, I have no idea what I just read. Like my mind was wandering and I was starting to think about what I'm going to eat for lunch or right. uh, what I'm going to do on the weekend or something. And I'm not focused on the text at all. I'm not really convinced that that is connected to the medium. I mean, some of the research that we heard tends to suggest that it might be due to mm. the medium, but I don't know, because that really happens to me, whether I'm reading on my Kindle, or if I'm reading on my computer, reading like a newspaper article, or even reading a paper book, it tends to happen to me uh, all the time. And it's just one of those things that is, I think, connected to my attention span. And it really depends on how engaging the story or the text that I'm reading is. If I'm super interested in it, and it's uh, the type of thing that I love to read, then that doesn't happen to me as often. But if it's something that I'm forced to read, like I remember when I was a student having to read different research papers for, for school that I didn't really care about, those were sometimes a chore to get through because my mind would wander and it would end up taking me hours and hours to read a paper that if I could have just stayed focused would have only maybe taken me like one hour, but because my mind kept wandering, it took me like three hours to get through it, for example. So I'm not convinced it's related to digital or paper, but I do understand this issue because <laughs> it happens to me all the time. Yeah, maybe you're right. I I think it's, it's just something that happens and maybe you've had this happen, you as a listener as well. Um, an interesting thing though, that kind of supports this uh, piece of research from my experience is, Whenever I have students mm -hmm. um, and they get materials for the course, they always want books. And obviously, of course, now that we've moved into this age of online courses, um, sometimes students receive their materials online. So they receive a, a PDF or something like this, which obviously they can print. And a lot of them do print it because they want something physical that they can look at, that they can read. And I found students just love having books to learn from. They love to have the physical copy. Um, not everyone, but I would say that I would fit into that category as well. If I really want to learn something and it's a document online, um, I'll print it out and I'll make little notes and I can come back to it. So I think there there is, from my experience, some truth in in what this piece of research is saying. And I really related to the part where they were talking about skim reading and mm. with all of our digital devices that we have, like we're, we're digesting information really fast and we're becoming really like skimmers. We just pick the best bits, which is kind of what skim reading is. You, you read very fast and you try and get the important parts. So 
I think I do learn better if I have a, a hard copy of something, something printed in my hand that I can read. I think that would be my preference. Yeah, I think that's a really common thing. Like you said, many of your students prefer that. You prefer that. Actually, I prefer that as well. Since the pandemic started, I've been doing all of my teaching online. And when I'm teaching my English classes online, I usually am working on Zoom and I share the e-book of our textbook with the class while I'm teaching on Zoom. And when it comes to planning lessons, I never open the ebook and plan my lesson. I always grab the physical copy. I like making notes uh, about what we're going to cover in the class. And there's just something about holding the book that is just much better. I make a connection with the content better when I have that physical copy. I also know that many of our Culips members prefer to download our PDF study guides, print them off, and then when they're listening along with us and following in the transcript, they have the paper printed off version and they prefer that uh, as opposed to the digital version that you know, is good, I think, for like maybe if you're on the subway or on the bus and it's not very convenient to have paper in that moment, sure, in that situation, use the digital version. But a lot of our QLIPS members have sent me pictures of them studying and I've been shocked at how many people prefer to actually print off the study guide and study with a paper version. So I think you're not alone with this mm -hmm. uh, feeling, Anna. I think it's something that many people can relate to. I mean, what do you think, Andrew, about the future? Does it worry you? I mean, I guess maybe we've grown up and been taught with a way of books and, and, and paper. And now a lot of things are paperless. You know, there's this idea of the paperless office or, um, you know, everything going digital. I don't know, does it worry you at all that maybe in the future people won't read like we we read? Maybe everything will be digital and maybe having a book will be like a a real luxury or like a, a kind of a vintage experience. Does that, I don't know, does that worry or do you think it will be different in the future? It's a good question. I have no idea what will happen in the future. I think probably we'll start to develop stronger reading skills that are matched for these genres. So maybe we're in a transition time right now where we're being so influenced by how we use our phones uh, throughout the day that when we are reading on our phone or reading on our computer, we just apply those same kind of strategies to our reading and that doesn't really translate very well, right? So we're mm -hmm. used to just skimming through Instagram very quickly and then we have to read an article that's important and we do the same thing. We just skim through it very quickly, perhaps with better training and as teachers start to teach these kind of reading strategies to students in schools, that maybe will become better digital readers, at least I hope mm. so. But, you know, as a book lover, like you, somebody who loves physical books, it's a little bit sad to think about, you know, not being able to go to a used bookstore and browse through all the old books and uh, smell them and pick them up and <laughs> see the art and all of the cool things that come along with physical books. So, yeah, I hope we never lose that in the future. That's for sure. Yeah, let's not forget that old book smell, which is uh, one of the reasons that a lot of people like books. They like to open them and, and smell them because they have that really old, like, vintage smell. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm i not sure what happened in the future. But I mean, there's many things that have been propping up over the last 
few years or companies that basically will condense the messages of a book. So if you don't have a lot of time, they're going to give you a summary of the book. That for me is cheating. I'm sorry, it's cheating. (laughs) You've got to read the book. That's the whole point. Like you can't, like I understand people have busy schedules, but for me, in my personal opinion, that's cheating. Um, I feel like you have to read the whole book to get the whole vibe, the, the message. But, you know, we have such tight schedules now as well. So this type of thing has been propping up all over the place about, you know, get the information you need in the quickest way possible. But I mm. think there's so much, as I said before, it's like an experience reading a book. And there's a lot that you can get out of it. It feels like a crime to kind of chop it up um, <laughs> and, and, and make it a, a quick version so that's not really from me, but I do think it's also about quality over quantity. And another interesting thing that came out of that study that you mentioned, Andrew, was about distractions and making sure that when you're actually reading, that it's quality reading. It's not just like, you know, looking at this and you've got loud music in the background, you're checking your notifications on your on your computer because you're not really digesting anything. And For me, I have to have like a specific period of time, whether it's just before I go to bed, because that helps me sleep really well, reading a book just before going to bed. Or, you know, I can't read and do another thing at the same time. Like that's really difficult. I can't multitask with reading. I don't know if you found that, Andrew, but I'm multitasking and reading is just not something I could do. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. And I think that was a great suggestion by the, the writer of that article to try and just have a a reading mindset, right? So when you're going to read, just get into that zone that I'm going to focus on the text, I'm going to turn off my other distractions, and I'm just going to spend the next 30 minutes trying to read and to actually have a productive reading session. So I know personally, Anna, that I've done a couple of things to try and improve my digital reading. And I'm wondering if you've done any of these things too. Like, for example, if I'm reading an online article, I have, uh, well, I use Google Chrome. That's my web browser. I know some web browsers have this feature built in, like Safari has this built in, but Google Chrome doesn't. So I had to download a Google Chrome extension, which is essentially a distraction-free reader. So if I'm using Uh, let's say the New York Times, for example, or just any newspaper's website, you know, a lot of these newspapers have a lot of distracting elements right there on the screen. They have ads, they have links. Some of them, which are really terrible, even have videos that autoplay with audio playing and stuff. So it can be extremely distracting. And in this kind of environment, how are you supposed to focus on the text? So this extension for Google Chrome will remove all of those things. So it blocks the ads, it gets rid of the links, it gets rid of the images. So it's essentially just the text on the screen. Whenever I have to do some kind of serious reading, I always just turn that extension on so that I can read the article, focus on the words, and then get back to my web browsing experience. So that's one thing that I've done to try and help me be a better digital reader. I think it's helped a little bit at least. I don't know, Anna, have you done anything (laughs) like this to help you focus more on digital texts? 
I had no idea about this extension that you could use. I had, I had no idea, completely clueless. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, <laughs> I'll send it to you after we record. Yeah, send it to me because I've, yes. I've got no idea. I'm, I'm out there listening to all these ads. Boom, boom. Oh, the worst <laughs> thing, as you mentioned, is when they're, you're you're just on a website and then it starts playing music and you're wearing headphones or something like this. And you're like, yes, you know, it's like getting an electric shock. It's really horrible. Um. Uh, well, I just read it online. And one thing I do is I turn down the brightness on my computer because if I'm looking at something online and the brightness of my laptop screen is really high, I can't deal with that. So I always turn down the brightness or I put on the night light when I'm mm-hmm. looking at the screen mm-hmm. on my phone or my laptop. And that really helps me to focus on the on the thing because when I have when it's really bright, that kind of hurts my eyes. Um but no, I just try and find little pockets of the day where I'm, I don't have much going on. Maybe I'm on the metro, maybe I'm on the bus and I try and, and do a little bit of, of reading, um, there, but it's kind of hard to get rid of the distractions. And also I do turn off a lot of notifications mm. in, in general, in life, because I feel that notifications are just the, one of the biggest distractions. So notifications off or minimal notifications and yeah, just find a little quiet time during the day. Yeah, I am the same as you. I have my do not disturb sleep mode on my phone on almost 24 hours a day. It's very rare to find me with my do not disturb turned off on my phone so I can block all of those notifications, which really can just distract us. Anna, I I noticed that you're wearing glasses right now. Personally, I don't wear glasses, but as I get a little bit older here, I've been noticing that I love digital reading a little bit more than paper reading for the fact that I can zoom in on the text. In fact, Mm. on my mouse, I have a little scroll wheel on the side (laughs) that just zooms in and zooms out on my computer screen. And I find that I'm using this zoom function all the time these days. Maybe Uh I have to get my eyes checked. I'm not sure, but this is kind of a benefit of digital reading that I don't have the advantage of using when I'm reading print other than like holding the book close to my face. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I'd never thought of that. I'm not actually long sighted. Long sighted is where you can't see anything or things close to you are difficult to see. I'm the opposite. So I can't see anything more than like a meter in front of my face. So I'm, I'm short sighted. But I never thought about that. But that's actually a good workaround for um for uh, long-sightedness is just being able to zoom in a little bit. And mm. I guess that's why there's sometimes they make phones for elderly people that have like massive buttons on them. Yeah, I'm not quite at that point yet. <laughs> okay, good. I'm well, uh, this is a, a, a look into the future, Andrew, uh, with yes. a huge phone with massive, <laughs> massive numbers. But a lot of people are affected by that, that kind of, you know, looking at something and, and bringing it very close or, or far away. So but I had never thought about that. So interesting. Yeah, I think of my dad uh, reading the newspaper when I was uh, a kid. You know, we always had the paper newspaper delivered to our house every day and he would read the newspaper and as his eyes got a little worse, he would hold it up close to his face, you know? So maybe I'm becoming similar to my dad, (laughs) but now instead of holding the newspaper up to my face, I just zoom in with my mouse on the, the website of the newspaper and not the physical paper version. Clever, very clever, very smart. <laughs> well, Anna, I think we will wrap up our conversation here, but this was a fun one. And I would love to hear from our listeners as well about what they think about this topic and their opinions regarding 
digital reading versus reading printed sources like paper books or physical newspapers or magazines, those kind of things. So if you'd like to share your opinion with us, everyone, we'd love to hear it. There are a couple of different ways you can contact us. Perhaps the best way these days is actually to leave a comment on our new discussion form on our website, qlips.com. So if you navigate to our website and find the posting for this episode, there will be an area where you can leave a comment and share your opinion right there on the website. Or you could also contact us through email. Our email address is contact at qlips.com. For more information about the topic covered in this episode, check out the two sources that we referenced in it. A YouTube video by the New York Book Forum that features a conversation with Naomi Barron and an online article called Will You Learn Better From Reading On Screen or On Paper? by Avery Elizabeth Hurt. You can find the links to both sources in the credits for this episode. If you like listening to QLips and you find us helpful for building your English language skills, then we would love it if you could support us. And there are many ways that you can do that. The best way is to sign up and become a member on QLips.com, but that's not the only way. You could also tell your friends who are learning English to check us out, follow us on social media like Instagram and YouTube, or leave us a five-star rating and a nice review and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. That is it for us today, but we'll be back soon with another brand new episode and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. See you next time, guys. Bye-bye.